Can you hear? Can you see? Then we're good. We're good. We're good. Welcome to uh, Living Hope. I'm Pastor Mona Stevens, and welcome to you guys who are online. Uh, I believe God has, uh, again, something that he wants to give us. He's been really, really specific in the last four weeks. Have you been hearing what God has been saying? I think so. I think we've been hearing, we've been actually uh, pushed and pulled into this direction that God wants us to see and experience freedom. And I believe if you get what I'm about to tell you this morning, it can change the way you do life. And I know that when it became a reality for me, it actually, something just ex got exchanged in my heart. And today we're going to be doing discovery part four, the intent to welcome the Holy Spirit. Now we have journeyed together uh, for the last five weeks, setting ourselves up to start this new year with success. We understood that we have been sent an invitation by God and by this leadership to come along and discover how we can intentionally pursue God in reading his word, in prayer, in fellowship, in, in, uh, in, in order to have a greater knowledge of who he is and to develop that intimate relationship that I believe that all of us, without any of a shadow of a doubt, really, just, we just want to know what it is. We just want to know it. And I'm here to tell you, you know, God has already decided that this is what he's going to give you. That's why he sent his son. But there are times some things that we just don't understand. Sometimes we just gloss over some truths. And it's actually very detrimental that we become a studier of that word because God has given us some mysteries. He's given us some revelation of himself and what it's all about to walk in victory and to be more than overcomers. And sometimes we miss these little tiny revelations. And, and to our dismay, we walk in patterns we shouldn't be walking as a Christian. And sometimes we feel tremendous shame and regret when it comes to that. And I hope that you will understand one thing today. God is for you. He's not against you. See, the whole series was about how we discover God's presence and the power in our daily lives. How do we do that? We have come to the conclusion it takes more than willingness or just a desire to bring about, about change in our life. It takes action. Just you know, actively stepping forward and obeying the, the, the things that God is putting before us. So we talked about the word intent, which means to resolve, to apply ourselves, to make every effort to put into action whatever God is showing us. It could be a habit. It could be, you know, turning away from a sin pattern. It could also be something that God says you must release and surrender. For all of you, every one of you, there's something in particular that he's asking. And some of us, all of us together, we've been encouraged to pursue these practices that even though we knew we needed to just be good at those, we kind of let them go to the wayside. And so we've challenged one another. Another, and that's what we're doing, challenging one another just to get back to the basics. As a church family, we have accepted this invitation, and I've heard a lot of great stories about what's happening in your life. So I am excited. I'm so sorry you're not hearing every story, but I get to hear a lot of the stories because people just feel like I need to know, and I'm so glad because it is what it's all about. As a leader, oh my goodness, you want to cause me to rejoice? Let me hear what God God is doing for you. And so I know that we are resolved to pursue this path and let God be God. Amen. 
Today is the next intent of this 100-day challenge of faith. It is to learn how to welcome the Holy Spirit in every part of our life. Why is this important? Why is it important? Well, for one, the power we need to stand and persevere in the days to come comes from the Holy Spirit. And if we don't know the importance of his function, his work, his ministry in our life, then we will think or we will be convinced because of the pressure and everything else that we have to stand on our own and we have to, you know, shore up the lines in our own strength. When, beloved, the scripture tells us totally something different. Un- unfortunately, I think what, we, uh, what has happened is the lack of a deeper understanding of the importance of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. And I often, often wonder as I read the scriptures, you kind of see Paul mentioning some things. And one of the things that really came up while I was just studying this is Galatians 3.1, where it says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Now, do you imagine me saying this to you guys? <laughs> you foolish living hope, church of God. No, and just like, but he's saying something here. He's saying, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You see, the Galatians had heard the, 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 the whole message of the gospel, had heard what it took to be born again, to be converted. They understood the role of the Spirit that played in their conversion, but they were missing out on the role, uh, on, missing out on his role as the helper of, of them going through life as a believer. You see, there's two different things. When we are going through life as a believer, we need a helper. We need a guide. We need one who will lead us to truth. And so I know that when I was looking at the commentaries, they said this is their new life. This is the Galatians. Their new life in Christ had begun by responding by the Holy Spirit through faith. You cannot respond to the gift of salvation without the Holy Spirit. All right. He's the one that draws you. He's the only agent that was sent to the world to convince, convict, and to judge the world of their sin. And for those that turn to to Jesus, it's because we understood it's a free gift. We're running. Whoa, it's undeserving. I'm running to him. I don't know. Have you ever run to something? Go, ah, yeah. You know, we run to a whole lot of things that are very temporal. This is eternal. There's something that happens when we run to him. And so they say that they responded to the Holy Spirit through faith, but they were now trying to maintain their life with Jesus by human efforts rather than relying on him, the Holy Spirit. How many times do we do it? Because we don't understand what what place the Holy Spirit has in our life. You see, we get caught up just like the foolish Galatians. We forget about the Holy Spirit and and the importance of his ministry. If we want to avoid becoming foolish like the Galatians, we need to learn this importance. We need to learn to intend to welcome in to every aspect of our life. We need to learn how to walk with him, being in step with him. Now, we understand if we're not pursuing and not not seeking, there is no way that we'll even see our need of the Holy Spirit. If we're not in the Word of God, then we will miss out on His voice because the Word of God is like that road map, you know, that what we said that He guides us through the Word. And if we're not praying, which is just communicating and listening, then, then, then understanding the importance of the Holy Spirit 
will just go right over your head. But tonight, today, I really want you to understand, I, you know, I wish I would have another three, four weeks, which I probably could if I wanted to, but today, I've just got to gloss over a whole lot of things, so please, please stay with me. Uh, stay with me. And, and if you're smart, you're going to go and do your own study on the Holy Spirit because he's the key for the new covenant. He is not a manifestation. He is not an it. He's a person. You see, we are always looking for the power and the presence, but we forget about the person of the Holy Spirit. It is the person of the Holy Spirit that brings us to that place of victory, and he resides in us. First, we need to understand how the Holy Spirit works his role, and his functions. The Holy Spirit keeps us in contact with God. He guides us to the truth. He convicts us of sin, and he helps us understand the deeper things of God. You see, when you guys hear the accusations of the enemy, oh, you'll never understand what God is trying to tell you, you're listening to the wrong voice. Let me just show you. 1 Corinthians 2, 10, 11 says this. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. He's talking about the mysteries, the understanding. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit of who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. You see, when we have a bad view of ourselves, we don't understand that we've received something greater than what our family of origin has given us, what that message was over us. It's greater than our profession, greater than our friends, greater than our family. It's greater than all things. But we get so defined by all the wrong things. The Holy Spirit allows us to bear righteous fruits. Because the Holy Spirit possesses a transformative power that enables us to become more like God. He gives us comfort. He is a helper. He gives us power and enablement as his children. He imparts spiritual gifts, but there's a condition too, though, and we see that in Galatians 5.25. If we live in a spirit, if implies a choice. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That means in our daily life. You see, we just don't come to church and we just put this in the box. Say, oh, I've gone to church and then you do all your whatever you, you want to do during the week without understanding the Holy Spirit goes with you. You see, at conversion, you were indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Conversion, uh, being saved, being born again, they're all the same. It's the spiritual process of actually being part of the family of God. Regeneration happens because of the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit keeps us in that path, all right? And I'm about to show you something that I'm pretty excited about, and I'm hoping that you will be too, because when we understand if we live in the Spirit, which we can every day, beloved, it doesn't require a PhD in theology, no, it only requires that you believe that this was given to you the day you turned your eyes upon Jesus. Since we have eternal life by the work of the Holy Spirit in us, let us live out the new life, our new life with the power of the same Spirit. Our natural tendency, beloved, is to please ourselves rather than God. Our human attempts to be good fall short of God's perfection. 
We cannot please God through our own efforts. That is why we need to learn to walk with the Spirit. You see, at conversion, as I said, the Holy Spirit moves into our spirit and transforms our entire way of life. We are converted, restored to the relationship of God intended for us from the beginning. And so when the Holy Spirit comes in, he, he actually first, he actually gets my spirit to be born again. It's my spirit that gets born again. It was dead before the cross. It was dead before I saw my need. And God, he regenerates my spirit and then attaches his Holy Spirit on us. So he is actually sealed with us. And so when we don't understand that, then we're always actually walking in fear. Oh, I wonder if the Holy Spirit is still with me. Did you see what I did this morning? I didn't read his word. He must not be with me. No, he is with you. So when we look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says this, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When we come to him humbly, confess our sin, and turn away from him, and seek his ways, our entire perspective changes. We turned into, we we turned Uh, We are turned around, and we move into a different direction. We used to go east, now we go west. That's what should be happening if the Holy Spirit came in. That's why we have to make sure that we are in the faith, beloved. So many of us, we have a profession of faith, and we do religious work, but we're not a possessor of the life. It's the possessor of the life, the Holy Spirit, that makes the whole difference in our life. It's not about coming to church or which church you go to, what position you have in the church. It's how much do you understand that the Holy Spirit, all of him, is in you. Galatians 4.24 says this, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passion and desires. He says here, this means that we have given up our right to dictate the course of our lives because we realize that our fleshly inclinations only lead to disappointment and ruin. You know, Proverbs 14.12 is one of my greatest verse that really always keeps me always yielding to the right things. He says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but his end is the way of death. You see, when we let the Holy Spirit lead, we let his work do what he does in us, help us, guide us, inform us, you know, reveal to us, transform us, bring us closer to the image of Christ, then what we do, that doesn't ruin us. That actually brings us more life. I believe the biggest reason we continue to walk in our own way is the lack of understanding of what it means to be sealed by the Holy Spirit. And this is what I want to share with you is Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, which says this. And you also were included in Christ when you heard, what? The message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed And this believes that you were committed, not only to the truth, but committed to walk out that truth. That's what that word believe means. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Then he goes on, he says, who is a deposit guaranteeing, it's a pledge, 
guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now, when we don't understand we have a deposit that guarantees that God, what he starts, he will finish, do we fret? Are we anxious? Do we walk in unbelief? Do we settle for self-effort and not the Spirit's effort? Do we continue to do this in our own reasoning, in our own understanding, without leaning on the understanding of the Holy Spirit and what the Word of God says? When we don't trust that we've been sealed, then we, we don't understand what that means. And what happens, we will walk according to the flesh. But according to this verse, the Holy Spirit has been placed as a permanent occupier. For those who have humbled themselves, for those who have confessed their need and asked for forgiveness and repented of their ways and embraced the grace of God, what happens is that there is a permanent occupier that resides inside you. He is the seal of God's presence that brings the benefits like enablement. You know, when you're faced with tremendous trials and all of a sudden you feel a sense of peace and strength and grace that comes over you, that's the Spirit's enablement. That's his work. When you're faced with things that are really hard you've never done and your fear rises up and says, oh, I can't do this. And, but the Holy Spirit says, with me, you can do all things. Little by little, when you understand that he occupies that space and you come and you start relying in on him because the word says so, what happens is transformation, change, victory, freedom in those situations that you're living starts happening. Every time you intend to welcome the Holy Spirit in an event or with a situation or a relationship that's gone south, Every time he will bring peace, he will bring joy. He doesn't take us out of the suffering because we know that's part of what, we, what we're living. Life is a mess. But he gives us the ability to be enabled to move beyond that and see something differently. Every believer has, who has trusted Jesus Christ as the spirit in them. You possess the Holy Spirit. He is the new resident. I say he's the new resident in this old house. He's my resident, and I am engaged to him because one day, this is just a place of preparation for me. Because Revelation 19, I think it's 7 or 8, it says that because the lamb, the wedding, the wedding lamb of, of the wedding of the lamb is coming, I'm going to be a bride soon. And as a matter of fact, all of you are going to be brides. I know, guys, you know, the white dress doesn't do you anything. But it's so much more than just the white dress. <laughs> you're about to be, you're engaged, about to be married to Christ. And sometimes this preparation gets us off. This preparation we don't do very well before we get married. And yet I think it's because we don't understand that God didn't leave us to our own devices to do the preparation. Preparations have already been made for you, beloved. Will you trust the work of the Holy Spirit? When we think that we must be strong, this is what Charles Stanley says, when we think that we must be strong and capable in order to serve God, we miss the point of how he works entirely. We are like jars of clay, common, weak, and valued by what we contain. It is Christ in us who gives us worth, power, wisdom, and joy. 
And when we let him do his work in us, he accomplishes far above and beyond our human ability. And we see this in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, where he says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, this old house, so that this surpassing greatness of, of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. You see, we come to the conclusion when we yield and we let the work of the Holy Spirit is that we know it's not coming from us. So we do stay humble. We know that we don't take the credit because God in us caused us to do way beyond what we can do. And he says the surpassing greatness of the power uh, of the power of God in me. This old house which is fading away is dwelt with the third person of the Trinity. He is God's guarantee to us that we are his. See, the personal significance of this function is that the seal speaks of a finished transaction. But we don't believe it. Because if we believe it, we'd never fall into fear. If we believe it, we would never be fretting and being anxious over things we have absolutely no control over. You see, it's a finished transaction, giving us a sense of security, ownership. That means we belong to God and divine authority. Let me bring you a little bit of what that looks like. Once we believe we've repented and accepted Jesus, we are now part of his family. It is not the knowledge. It's not a knowledge issue. It's not a position issue. issue. It's a birth issue. You cannot be separated once you come to Jesus Christ. You, you, you know without a shadow of a doubt, according to the scripture, I've been sealed. There's a security and assurance about that. Nobody can break the seal. God has secured your salvation until your redemption. So even though you're tripping up and you're having moments, who doesn't have trip, trip up moments? Who doesn't have any human moments? You see, it's not about those moments, beloved, but we make it about that because we don't understand we're sealed. We don't understand we're secured until the day of redemption. That means until Jesus comes back to get his church, it's on the Holy Spirit's shoulders to bring me back. Now, why is it that I'm not being brought back? That comes to that place of choice. Because you cannot tell me, that's why I tell you, you cannot tell me you stay where you are after 22 years of hearing truth. What I could tell you is that you've never understood you were sealed with a guarantee, a deposit, that Jesus, that God, what he started, he will finish. What he does, he does completion to it. So if he's not completing you, if he's not changing you, if he's not bringing you to that place of freedom, you've got to ask yourself, does the Holy Spirit have all of you? You see, beloved, we are full of ourselves, self-sufficient, self-reliant, self-dependent, self-whole bunch of stuff. And then we wonder why we're not experiencing that freedom that we're reading in Acts right now. How come they were moved about? Because they understood. They understood once the Holy Spirit is indwelt that they could actually move. It didn't matter what they faced. It didn't matter who was in their life or not because they were not defined. I've said it so many times. You give people too many power to keep you where you are. You use it as an excuse and a justification because what's really happening is that you're not wanting to do it God's way. 
See, the Holy Spirit will always prompt you. He will always convict you because that's his job. He will lead you to truth. But if you do nothing with the truth, then you're doing something in particular. Nobody can break the seal. God has secured your salvation until your redemption. This truth should cause you and I to come on Sunday morning singing hallelujah. It didn't matter how ugly your morning was. You come and you sing hallelujah. Praise God. Because I'm sealed. Yes, this isn't, this stinks. Yes, it's a mess, but I'm not going to be defined by that mess. I'm going to be defined that God can do that work in me. And all I need to do now is follow, to walk in step with him. And every time I'm walking in step with him, then I receive what he says he's going to give me. Enablement, empowerment, transformation, restoration, reconciliation. I don't wait and I don't bank on anyone else but his faithfulness. He said it, therefore it is. I am Sealed with a guarantee until the day of redemption. God in Christ is in you in the person of the Holy Spirit. He is the one to do the work of God inside you to make you into the person that God wants you to be. So when you let your circumstances define you, what are you saying? When you let your marriage who is in trouble, that's in trouble, cause you to lose your peace and your joy, what are you saying? You see, your story, your life tells a story. Ephesians 1.24 speaks of this security. We need now to walk in this sense of security, especially in the days that are coming. The times will be evil. the, The blatantness, the deception will increase. The darkness will be virtually impossible. We'll have no control over it. But what I can tell you is that God, if he sees his bride saying, God, I need you. I recognize my need of you. I'm yielding to your way and not my way. He will bring enablement he will do God gives you a guarantee that he's going to finish what he started stop trying and walking in your own strength believe and trust the work of the spirit a seal implies ownership I talked about security now I'm going to talk about the seal that implies ownership God has put his seal on us because he purchased us to be his own I don't know about you, but I lived so much rejection all of my life. I never understood that God could love me that much until I heard the story that he loved me so much he sent his son to die for me. And something clicked, and everything inside of me understood one thing, that now I belong to him. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20 says this. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? This is just a temple. Who is in you? Whom you have received from what? From who? God. You are not your own. You you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. It's, It's a choice to honor God. The problem is is that too many Christians still think they own themselves. They own their time. They own their resources. They own their finances. They own their schedules. And you, you own nothing. That is why the Bible says that we are called stewards. Did you get that? 
we never see anywhere in the scriptures that we say that God says you owe this and you own this and you own. No, you are stewards. I am a steward of my time. I'm a steward of my resources. I'm a steward of this ministry that he's given me. It's not my ministry. It's his ministry. And so when things go south, I don't even carry that burden anymore because now I just run to the Holy Spirit. You know what you got to do. Do what you have to do. Only you can change. This is your church, not mine. You understand, when God has called you to do something with your husband or with your, 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 your wife, you got to understand that if God has called you, he will equip you. How do you think he does it? By the Holy Spirit and his word. He guides you into all the path of life. I've been purchased, sealed by the ownership of Almighty God. God has secured me. He owns me. Now, if we still think we, owe our, we own ourselves and our time, that means you will always be in conflict with the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You'll be in conflict with the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Could it be that's the reason we're so miserable? I think so, because Romans 8 says there's a, there's a clash that goes on between our sinful nature and the new nature. Romans 8, 12, uh, 13 says this, therefore, brothers and sisters, he's talking to us, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh, it's to live and to live according to it, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die, but if this, by the spirit you put to death, the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So when I live according to the flesh, my desires, my will, then the things that I desire and long for, they will die. I will never probably ever experience it. But when I live according to the Spirit, and with the Spirit's help, I put to death these things that really doesn't demonstrate Christ, or these attitudes, the hard issues that God is showing me, I realize that he's going to be putting it to death in me. All I have to do is to be willing to let him do it. And that is the key. That's why following, denying self, follow him, obeying him is so important. See, I think the question this morning is this. Have you given up ownership of yourself to the Lord? That's what lordship is all about, by the way. And it's going to take us the whole, the rest of our life to figure it out, by the way. Because when you do let go and you take one step at a time, the Spirit of God will be able to bring transformation in that area that you're asking him for freedom. He's going to bring healing in that area when you know that you've been crying out to God, God, bring healing. But he says, you know, move with me. And every time you move with me, I'll bring healing. He'll bring freedom and maturity. Where the spirit is welcome, there will always be change and restoration. So you need to ask yourself. You see, because we spend a whole lot of time blaming and justifying why we are the way we are. Because we don't want to change what we're doing. That's why I said we have a responsibility to move in the way that the Holy Spirit is asking us. And if we don't move the way, he, then there won't be any change. You can pray until you're, tw- until you're black in your face. Praying is communicating with God and listening to him. Trust me when I tell you, he's not a genie that I go to so that he can answer all of my prayers. I go to him because he's my father. I go to him because he's my Lord, and I know that he has the best path for me. I am assured of that because of this seal. 
He's going to bring me home. So if he knows how to bring me home, why would I go and deal with my own wisdom and my own understanding in these things? Until we decide to no longer live by our human wisdom and our self-effort, we will be just like everybody else, floundering around and trying to do our best without any supernatural heavenly insight or wisdom or lasting change. We belong to God, and we are safe and protected because we are part of a finished transaction. Even though we have our moments, beloved, and we lose the benefits of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which is peace, joy, change, he doesn't leave. He stays connected with our spirit. He doesn't leave. But his ability to do what he needs to do gets hindered or stifled. And that's what we want to actually look at today. You have been sealed into the family of God, and nobody can break the seal because God's the one who sealed you. So when the enemy comes and accuses you, you've done too much and God can't love you anymore and he can't forgive you, please, beloved, if you've humbled yourself and you've confessed and repented and accepted the gift of Jesus, then you must understand you are sealed. You must tell the, 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 the enemy of your soul to be quiet because you are secure and God owns you. You belong to him. When you are sealed, you are also given divine authority to utilize the ministry of the Holy Spirit when you need it. I don't know about you, but Galatians 5.22 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Have you needed love lately? Come on. Yes. Have you needed joy? Peace. Patience. I love this one. Kindness. Yes. Goodness. Faithfulness gentleness, self-control. You see, he's given me divine authority to tap into those fruit. They're not my fruit. They're his fruit. And if I walk according to him, I can tap into those fruits anytime. So when you watch and when you read my story, you should see the fruit of him in my life. See, Wilsby says this, it is not simply our lip profession, our religious activity, or our good works, but the witness of the spirit that makes our profession authentic. I don't care if you do a whole bunch of activity or good things. The fact is, I want to see the authenticity of the fruit, the work of the Spirit in you. You will know them by the fruit. The Holy Spirit is of vital importance in our life. If it is, it, it is through him that the character of Christ is revealed in us and brought about in our life. If we want to change and be conformed to the image of Christ, how do you think we do it? I can't do that. It takes a power much greater than myself to do that. But I do know if I yield to the power of the Holy Spirit, he will actually create this in me. And when we don't realize how important it is to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we become like the foolish Galatians, ignoring his work in us, forfeiting wisdom, strength, fruit, and remaining miserable, joyless, and powerless in our Christianity. That is why scripture tells us this in Ephesians 4.30. And I'm coming to an end. I'm hoping. Ephesians 4.30, it says here, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were what? Sealed. Why is it we, can't, we didn't see that? 
It's, it's, it's like when we get a document and we get it signed by the, the, the lawyers and whatever, and they seal it. That means nobody can take it away from us. It belongs to us. Well, God did this to us. And so when you are struggling in your faith, you need to remember God doesn't give up on you. He sealed you. He sealed you until the day of redemption. And so we must learn not to grieve him. What does it mean to grieve him? It means to make him sad. He's a person. Remember, he's not a net, not a mass manifestation. He's a person. There's God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. He's inside us. And we can make him sad and we can bring him pain. And any sin that we commit against the Holy Spirit will grieve him and cause him pain, as I just said. And now, if we want to know what that sin looks like, it's really about missing the mark. If you look at the verses just before verse 30, it gives you indicators what kind of sin he's talking about. He's talking about use when you don't use kind words. When you are malicious in your thought, you're judging and you're putting an opinion in critical. When you are a bitter spirit, when these things are operating in the life of the believer, the Holy Spirit has been made sad. And you see, our Christian aim is to live as Jesus did. It is when we do not live up to that standard and we fall short that we sin. And when we do, when we experience these things, what happens is it stops the flow of his work in you. Remember, he's not going anywhere, but there's no flow. There's no ability, no grace to love beyond the situation. No ability to see your sin and to call it out. Nothing. See, when we experience events in our lives and respond inappropriately, we must consider there's something deeper happening. You see, we only look at the situation or the event. No, you must understand there's something deeper happening. The spirit's function in our, in our lives get, gets hindered and stopped. He doesn't have, he doesn't leave, beloved, but he gets stopped. The power, the flow that goes through to give you the ability to move beyond the circumstance, to move beyond the betrayal, to move beyond the unforgiveness, to move beyond the inability to love. It's him. If we remain in that pattern of sin, we don't have the work of the Holy Spirit. If you grieve the Holy Spirit on a regular basis without confessing and repenting, because now we're under grace, beloved, so it's not like we don't sin because perfection is only when we get to heaven, but when we do, if we confess it, that means if we recognize and acknowledge, and by the way, we can't recognize and acknowledge without the Holy Spirit, by the way, and so if you're not listening to the Holy Spirit, he's going to send me. Cricket. Cricket. (laughs) Yeah, cricket. That's the only reason I go, because you're not listening. The Holy Spirit doesn't need me, but sometimes he requires me to do what I need to do. That's part of me being a shepherd. So what he says here, when we recognize and acknowledge and confess, that means we agree, God, this way, the way I responded to this woman, is inappropriate. It doesn't reflect God. It doesn't honor him. You're acknowledging. You're confessing. You're agreeing with truth. I'm not, I'm not being compassionate. I'm not kind. I'm agreeing with truth. All right? When I repent of that, that means I decide. I make a decision because I want to love God and I want the Holy Spirit to flow readily in my life. 
I make a decision. It means that's what repentance is. You change direction. I receive the forgiveness of the, of the Holy Spirit of God for that moment in a, when I'm inappropriate or when I haven't responded well. After that, I surrender it all to God. I submit it to God. I don't carry it. I don't have to. My shoulders are not big enough to carry the mess that I just did. But I give it to him. You understand that? Isn't that sweet? I give it to him, and I walk away believing and resting in God's ability through the Holy Spirit to move me away from that place of not responding well. I believe because I'm secure in that thought that I've been sealed and that he has deposited, guaranteeing me, pledge that he's going to bring me home blameless. But I have to let the Holy Spirit work. You see, many of us live in a grief, with a grieved spirit because we have not recognized that we are sealed or that we don't understand the connection between our life and the connection of what the Holy Spirit is telling us and how, when we are not listening, how it hinders his work in our life. See, making the choice to do what is not right grieves the Spirit because he wants us to do right. He wants us to not only choose Jesus as our Savior, but to live in the way that Jesus is our Lord. And then we have 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Do not quench the Spirit. To quench means something different altogether. Quenching means to stifle. Literally meaning it, you put out the fire. You see, when he says fan the flames of your faith, you know, the one that gets you to be able to do that is the Holy Spirit. But when you quench him, that means when he tells you to go something or he does something and you consistently say no, you put out the fire. You stifle the work of the Holy Spirit. Could it be the reason that's, that's why we struggle with indifference so much? Why we struggle with the lack of passion and hunger for the things of God? Is that we have walked in a pattern of grieving the Holy Spirit and quenching him. When he leads and walks us with, with us and he prompts us and convicts us of an attitude, action, or thoughts, and if we, if we simply continue to say no to his direction, we stifle his power in our life, his presence, his ability to bring freedom and victory. We forfeit his ministry of transformation in our lives. He's, remember, he's locked in with us. But if you have stifled him, that means he won't be able to bring you to that plan and purpose that God has for you. So the question is, is the Holy Spirit grieved in you? Are you quenching or stifling his work because you continuously refuse to go the, the way that he wants you to go? You see, that's why rebellion and pride is such an issue. Pride is very self, self-focused and self dependent. So if you're self-dependent, that means you're not going to be spirit-dependent. Pride loves to build its own standard. It's not teachable. So if you're building your own standard apart from the Word of God, what do you think you're doing to the Holy Spirit? Could it be all of these years the reason why you fell in that hole of darkness and you've, you, you had no life come through you was because you've been grieving and quenching the very thing that you were sealed with? God desires to work through us by the Spirit, and our responsibility is to allow the Spirit to have that liberty. That's our responsibility. Let him have that liberty. We must not hinder him in this. The Holy Spirit will always lead us, guide us, empower us to repentance, truth, love, and holiness, but only as we choose to be led by him. 
It's the choosing, beloved, I think that has killed most of us in our walk. And I'm going to end with this. Charles Stanley says this. God will never direct us to be proudful, arrogant, unforgiving, immoral, moral, slothful, or full of fear. We step into these things because we are insensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us into Jesus if we allow ourselves to be led. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Can you, which song are you doing? As I'm preparing myself this side of heaven to get ready for my wedding, God has already put into play everything for me to enter into that wedding ceremony with my head up and understanding what his presence and power is this side of heaven for me. So today I think we need to thank the Holy Spirit for the freedom that we have in Christ. Truly, we have that freedom in Christ. Thank him for his leading and ask him to lead you further into Jesus because Jesus, as you get closer to Jesus, the more you will understand how deep and wide he loves you. Is there any area in your life where you feel you need freedom this morning? If we're really willing and understanding, we don't have to be afraid. Remember, you are sealed. But if you want to see change in your life, you have to learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So why not, right now, submit this to the Holy Spirit, whatever area that you have been struggling with, whatever thing that you are captivated by, that you would just submit it to the Holy Spirit and you let him lead you out and bring you to a different place. God has invited us to learn how to walk with the Holy Spirit. So our challenge is not just about reading the word, not just about prayer, not just about fellowship, not just about pursuing, but it's really about, oh God, what have I done? I've spent a lifetime. You know, I remember when I was a baby in the Lord and I was still very much in the denial aspect. No, 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 I don't do that. No, no, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You know, I, I couldn't be real. I couldn't be authentic. I was too afraid. But when someone taught me that God had given me this great deposit, that I'm safe in God and I belong to him, it was just like I was able to do what I needed to do. I started being real and authentic with my struggles. And lo and behold, I figured out everybody else had struggles too. <laughs> I went, hey, and they, they felt safe to share their struggle because I was just real with mine. My, my life was telling a story. Hey, she's struggling, but she's believing God for her struggle. But I remember when someone said, Mona, if you only believe and understood what the Holy Spirit can do with you, you would never stay bound. You are as free as you want to be. When you start believing what the Holy Spirit can do in you and you cooperate with him, you will never stay where you are. It's an impossibility. And so I started seeking the Holy Spirit like I've never had before. And I waited, and I started speaking to him. And I was saying, God, I don't know how you're going to do this. I'm not going to focus on my failures. Mm -mm. 
that, 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 that's too big for me, but I'm going to recognize it though. I'm going to give it a name, but I'm going to trust you because you, are, you have a covenant with me. Holy Spirit, you can't break covenant with me. That's what it means. He's there to bring you home, beloved. But if there's anything today you need to submit, do so. See, that's how I move on. I submit. I recognize and say, okay, God, I surrender. And when he does it, I start seeing the work of the Holy Spirit move me to that place of sanctification, freedom, and change. That's what he speaks to you today. As we sing this song, come on up. Submit those things that you're struggling with and ask the Lord to come. The last verse is the one that we had, but this is a different translation. It says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. There are many part of our lives, Lord, that we have issues with. We just don't want to surrender them. We hold on. But I've made a decision that I am going to hold form and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit bring freedom in those areas in my life. Are you with me? We're going to learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. I thank you, Lord, that we are sealed by the promised Holy Spirit, that you've given us a guarantee that you would bring us until the day of redemption. God, that gives me such assurance, Lord. I'm asking you, Lord, that you would give, Lord, just a sense of security and ownership and authority to all those that are hearing this message today, that they would realize that once they yield and obey, it's all about experiencing the power, the presence, and the person of the Holy Spirit in us. Oh, God, we thank you for this truth. We ask, Lord, that you will solidify that as we go through it all week this week as a body, and that, God, you would give us a greater understanding. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.